Hey guys, welcome to my series of podcast episodes about what? How? Um, My goal with these episodes is going to be to try to explain to you what a certain comprehensible input strategy is and how to implement it in your classrooms. I hope they're helpful for you. Hey everybody, on today's episode of what? How? I'm going to talk to you about a narrative input chart. A what? Yes, exactly. That's what I thought the first time I heard about it too. A narrative input chart. And it is an awesome way to tell a story, to tell a narrative. And I had a really hard time actually understanding what this was until I saw another teacher create their own version of it. And then I was like, oh, this is so easy. Why did I think this was such a difficult thing to do? So when you are telling a narrative... You want to make sure that there are kind of some major moments and major events that you want to pinpoint and highlight as you're telling the story to your class. So for example, when I did a narrative input chart with my classes earlier this year, I told the story about how I got into a bus accident when I was studying abroad in Costa Rica. And so obviously I went through and kind of wrote out my thoughts or the main events that I wanted to hit on. And with your advanced classes, you can obviously cover more details and pieces of that, but you'll really want to simplify it down to what you think are maybe the five or six most important events that could be represented visually. So oftentimes a narrative input chart is hand-drawn pictures or traced pictures. And so basically what it is, is you will narrow down those main events or the major things you want to pinpoint, and you will draw a picture to represent it. Obviously, you do not need to include every detail of what you're going to share in these images. The images are just to support the student comprehension as you are telling the story in the target language. I had about nine pictures for my story and it was definitely a little too long and a little too much for my students. So I would recommend probably maybe around six pictures would be awesome for you know, a good 15 or 20 minute story where you don't necessarily overwhelm the students um, during the guided oral input time of your class. So you would either draw out the pictures. So for example, with my bus accident, I had a picture of Latin America because I didn't know if my students knew where Costa Rica was. I had a picture of Costa Rica itself because I wanted to tell them where I was. I had a picture of the beach because that's where we went to and took a bus to. I had a picture of um, like a a hostel, a dormitory, because I wanted to share a little bit about that with them because I thought they would find it interesting. I had a picture of the bus stop when it was time to leave. I had a picture of the bus station where the accident happened. I had a picture of like, oh, like someone being like surprised or shocked, like, oh my gosh, what just happened? And then I also had a picture of a thumbs up. And I had a picture of a sign saying Pura Vida, which is like Costa Rican slang, uh, not slang, but slogan for it's all good. Don't sweat the small stuff, uh, you know, take it easy and everything like that. So what you do is you prepare these pictures in advance. So like I said, they can be hand-drawn, nothing super detailed, because you don't want the students so focused on looking at the pictures and the images that they're not listening to the story. So you have the pictures, and 
as you tell the story, you will like put the pictures up maybe on your board, on a wall, um, with like magnets or with tape so that as you tell the story and you're talking about that relevant event to the picture, you put it up. Now, if you're like me, and you're a terrible artist, or your art makes your students laugh and it's a little unclear what the picture might be, you could also find pictures from the internet. So that's what I did. So I went into my Google Slideshow and I created a narrative input chart, which was me just making slides of pictures. So I Googled online, you know, map of Costa Rica, and I put that on there. I Googled, um, actually, I Googled like the actual bus station where the accident happened. And luckily, they had a picture on the internet. So I took that. And so then what I did was I printed these pictures so that I was able to still have the same effect of putting the pictures up on the board as I told the story. But I also had them on the slideshow so that they were large and the students could see them well. Because the pictures I found online had more details and were harder to see because they were printed in black and white than if I had just been able to draw simple outline pictures and marker on a piece of paper. So there's a couple ways to do that. Hand-drawn, finding pictures, doesn't matter, works. Either way will still help your students comprehend the story. So as you tell the story, you put the pictures up on the board. And theoretically, when you get to the end... You have, you know, six pictures or so in a row or in a circle or in whatever order makes sense to you that you can then represent the whole story as. And one great strategy to do after that is you can go back to the beginning of the story and kind of like retell it and summarize it for the students or kind of like play dumb. One of my favorite ways to review information, I'll like start a story and I'll say, this, it was cold? And they're like, no! And I'm like, oh, it was. And they're like, hot! Or sometimes I, you know, will give the words. But it's a way to make sure they were kind of with you and paying attention. Or you could ask them some whole class questions. Or you could give them a quick quiz where they write down answers and you give them yes or no or either or questions. You could play like the marker grab or pencil grab game where you make statements that are true or false. But having these images up in the order that they happen in the story will help students feel more confident. And it's kind of scaffolding their understanding on what happened. One really cool thing that I did to follow up me telling the story using the narrative input chart and by putting all these pictures up in order was I drew a story mountain on the board the next day. So I'd use this input and we processed. So I told the story one day and then the next day we came back to it and we kind of reprocessed it in a different way. And so what I did was I had all the pictures kind of down not up on the board, not in any particular order. I drew a story mountain on the board and I said, you guys have seen this in your language arts classes before, right? I'm telling this all in English. And I said, yeah. And I said, okay, what, what is, what does it mean? What do all these numbers represent? Cause I kind of had one down at the bottom and then I had numbers two and three going up the mountain, number four at the top, five and six coming down the mountain and number seven, like at the end. And obviously you're going to adjust how many numbers you have, maybe, based on your pictures. Like, if you don't have seven pictures, probably going to want to not have seven numbers. But I had nine pictures, and seven pictures worked fine. And actually, I think, upped the, the level of thinking my students had to do because they couldn't just decide where a picture went and be like, process of elimination, because, haha, 
didn't work that way. So I drew the Story Mountain on the board. I clarified with them that they knew what the purpose of the points of the Story Mountain were, like that the top of the mountain was the climax or the most exciting event. And then, you know, the introduction is where you like set the scene or tell about the characters. And so what I did was I held up the pictures. I basically made one statement, one sentence statement about each picture. I wish you guys could see me right now. I'm literally holding my hand in the air as if I have a picture in my hand but I'm sitting in my living room. I'm not in my classroom. You can't see me. I don't know why I'm doing this. Anyway, so I would hold the picture up and I would say like, I went to Costa Rica and then they had the students all corally respond what number they think I should put that picture to. So I put the, you know, the picture, I put a magnet on the board and I stuck it next to the number and the part of the story map that I had drawn on the board, really huge, about what I had what part of the story they thought it was. And then I would hold up, you know, where the bus accident happened at the station. And they obviously picked the, you know, top of the mountain for that. And then like the bus driver came on and said, you know, Oh, everyone's good. We're all good. Also, everyone was fine in this accident in case you've been worried for the last nine minutes. I'm sorry to leave you hanging. Um, So we put that at the conclusion and so on and so forth. And so it's really getting them to like remember the order of the story. Think about it in terms of like literacy and language arts and telling and building a good story. And then what was awesome, if you understand the idea of the narrative input chart, you can like stop this episode now. But if you want to hear about a couple of other activities I did following using a narrative input chart, having these pictures available, stick with me for another minute or two. So after we reviewed what parts of the story mountain these images from our narrative input chart would go on, then we came up with, I gave students all a copy of the story mountain. They could easily draw this in their notebooks or in their binders if they have that, but I gave them a copy of it because it was the first time we had worked with a story mountain. So I gave them a copy of the story mountain and They worked in partners because sometimes it's nice to give them an opportunity to do that. Yeah, I know there's a lot of English talking that happens during partner work, but it was about 10 minutes I gave them. So I gave them about 10 minutes to come up with sentences to summarize kind of each event that happened. So they did that. We went over that together. I have a document camera that projects to the class so they can see what I'm writing as I write it. So we filled in kind of the main events that happened. And then next to each main event, I had a speech bubble and a thought bubble. Now, this is where you get them into higher order thinking, especially with writing a good narrative. A lot of times we as language teachers tell these fun stories, but we don't emphasize what makes good stories. And so this has been really key in helping my students become better writers and produce good stories that are fun and interesting to read. So I put a thought bubble and a speech bubble next to each event. So on the story mountain, there's that, you know, number two going up the mountain. So next to number two, there was a a thought bubble or a speech bubble. And you could have the students draw these on themselves also. And... They and their partners had to come up with something in Spanish, or it could be something just like, no, or, que pasó, like, what happened? It could be something really short, like a rejoinder or something they're familiar with. So they're not really having to output anything too complicated, but they are coming, thinking about the events, and they're coming up with what the characters might be thinking 
during this or what the characters might say during this time. So I had them and partners all brainstorm and write things down on their story maps or their story mountains. And then on my copy, again, that we had already written the main events down next to each number, I asked them in the target language. I said, because this was about me, it was weird because I was like, did I think or did I say something for event number one? Um, but otherwise you would say, did he think or did he say something? Or if there's two characters, you could ask them which character they want to talk about. Um, and so I said, you know, did I think something or did I say something? And they were like, you thought something. And then I was like, okay, what did I think? Again, all in the target language, using gestures to support their comprehension. And then I would take volunteers because I don't ever want to put students in an uncomfortable position when they're not ready to speak or share. And as I, they were working, I was walking around and I could see which kids came up with hilarious and entertaining thoughts or uh, quotes. So I called on them. They would say it. I would, of course, repeat it and write it correctly, even if they made some small mistakes in what they had said in the thought or speech bubble. And so we did that for all of the, the events on the story mountain. And at the end, we have this great story mountain filled in with the main events and then also with the different speak, speaking speech bubbles, goodness, you guys, and thought bubbles that the character could have been thinking or saying along this story. And just getting them on that idea of thinking that a story is more than just telling the events, that it's about describing the setting. It's about saying when it happened. It's about saying what people were thinking or saying as it went along that makes it good and interesting, saying how they're feeling and things like that. And so I'm sorry if you can hear my cat meowing in the background. She wants to play, so I got to go. But this narrative input chart and having these pictures as a visual aid and something to recycle and reuse was super useful for me in my classes. And I hope you try it out. If I remember, or if someone can remind me, if you notice that it's not there, I will link my narrative input chart. I'm using air quotes because I didn't draw it out. I just used slides like I told you. I will link it into the description of this video. I will also link a video on my YouTube channel. You can just search my name, Caitlin Leppert of me teaching a lesson and doing these activities with my students so you can see what it looks like in a classroom with real live students. I hope you try it out. Let me know.